there, I'm Rianne Mullins, and I'm the host of the Balanced Fit and Free podcast. 15 years ago, I lost 65 pounds by revamping my lifestyle in a very realistic and totally manageable way. Now I teach other women how to ditch the yo-yo dieting cycle and start living a balanced, fit, and happy life through real food, effective exercise, and a powerful mindset. Each week, I'll be popping into your ears to teach you how you too can live a balanced and fit life free from unrealistic diets and crazy expectations. Let's go. Hey, y'all. How are you? Thank you so much for joining me again today. So today is really meant to be lighthearted and just a few lessons that I've learned over my life. I'm sure you too have stories and experiences that have helped you grow as a human. And I just want to, you know, tell you a little bit about my story and one that I don't think I've ever told about on the podcast. So I thought I would share it today. And I was inspired to tell this story um, by my volleyball team. So here it goes. Well, I started playing volleyball in the seventh grade. We didn't have school sports until seventh grade. And seventh, eighth, and ninth was called junior high. And then we went nine or 10, 11, 12 was high school. So actual like school sports started um, in seventh grade. So anyway, my older brother made me try out. I really, really didn't want to because, well, I was super shy. I was very clumsy and just really unsure of myself. Like probably most 12-year-olds, right? 12 or 13. I can't remember how old you are in seventh grade. But, well, I really didn't feel like anyone even liked me at school. And I was terrified that Trinity, the school bully, was going to make fun of me. And that was the last thing I wanted. I didn't want attention put on myself. Well, you know, I think about it and I'm like, I guess I didn't have to try out. I just didn't realize at the time that I could actually say no, but I did whatever my brothers told me to do. I wanted to be just like them my entire life. So if they said to do something, well, I did it. And if they told me, let's just say they said to run across six lanes of traffic, I probably would have done that because I literally wanted to make them proud of me. And I was willing to do whatever it took. Fortunately, we lived in Wyoming where there is probably not a six lane highway to be found. So had I done that, I might have been okay. (laughs) Anyway, I remember trying out for the volleyball team and I wasn't really that bad. I had played a little volleyball in PE class and sometimes at the park or at, at picnics and things like that. And back in my day, there really wasn't a lot of rec leagues for sports, at least that I was aware of. I remember that my stepbrothers played soccer at the park and I remember there being like tennis available at the university, but I really wasn't aware of any recreation leagues for volleyball. Anyway, I wasn't that bad. I wasn't good, but I wasn't terrible. Well, that year, I truly believe my whole world changed. Being in a sport took me from a clumsy, chubby, shy dork to an athlete who became more confident and sure with every volleyball season. It didn't happen overnight, but in a few short years from seventh to ninth grade, I transformed. I not only transformed physically, but also mentally. 
I became obsessed with volleyball. I actually played basketball too, but I was terrible. Just so you know, I could shoot some baskets, but that was about it. So anyway, I loved volleyball. I loved it so much that I bought a magazine that was all about volleyball and I cut out every single image, no matter how small or big, and taped it to my wall. I'm sure my mother loved that. Anyway, I had an entire shrine in my room dedicated to volleyball. I especially loved watching beach volleyball. So the Summer Olympics were totally my favorite. I even got to go one time um, to a volleyball, a beach volleyball event in Boulder, Colorado with my best friend and teammate. We drove to Boulder and spent the entire day following around our favorite players. And at the time it was the men's um, tournament. So or tour. So it was Karch Karai, Mike Dodd, Sinjin Smith, Adam Johnson, Brent Frohoff, uh, and a few others. Anyway, they were amazing and it was so fun. And I just knew I was going to be a volleyball player forever. Well, I also spent my summers getting ready for tryouts. Okay. We had a pretty intense tryout. We had to be able to run a mile under eight minutes, do a bunch of different you know, agility drills like wind sprints and you had to run through tires and, you know, under a certain amount of time. We also had to do push-ups and bench press. And we also had to actually, you know, be good at volleyball. So I would get up super early every day in the summer and go to the track, run a mile, run some sprints. um, And then I would spend 30 minutes running up and down the bleachers. Then I would head to the weight room and do either upper body or lower body workouts, whatever I need to do to try to improve my vertical jump, which I don't know how good that ever got. I can't remember exactly, but I was committed and I was willing to do whatever it took to become the best volleyball player. The good news is that I made the team and I made it every year. I was so scared that I wouldn't make it in high school, but I did. And that became who I was, a varsity volleyball player. I loved it. In the off season, I joined a travel team and also signed up for a grass tournament, um, several grass tournaments with my friend. We would travel around to play doubles at these tournaments at parks, and it was just a blast. So fast forward to my senior year in high school. It was about midway through the season, and the coach of the varsity team asked all the seniors to meet at Sherry's, which was a local restaurant famous for its chocolate cream pie and bad coffee. We all gathered around, awaiting to hear what each of us needed to do to try to get into college to play volleyball. The coach went around the table one by one. For each person, she had made a list of the schools that would be a great fit, and then she would let that person know what you know what the school expected, and what they needed to get prepared for. So she talked about like getting film of the players, you know, serving and hitting and digging. Um, And then she gave them deadlines of when they needed to have their stuff ready. So when it was my turn, oh goodness, I was so excited. What was she going to say? I had been to a couple of schools for camps in Colorado and really wanted to go to CSU to be on the volleyball team. I had dreamt of it. I didn't want to stay in Wyoming, but Colorado wasn't far and that school was also great. So when she said to me, and I'm like holding my breath, I can't wait. My, you know, I'm so excited. She says, so Rianne, um, you've been a great team member. Thank you for that. But I think this is the end of the road for you. And she literally stopped looking at me, looked at the next girl and started talking to her. I was totally crushed. 
I remember the room going totally quiet. I mean, I remember exactly the booth we were sitting in. I remember the area. I remember like who was sitting next to me. I remember every moment of it because it was such a big moment in my life, such a bad memory in my life, right? And all I could hear her saying and her voice repeating over and over in my head is, it's the end of the road for you. Pretty soon what I thought she said was, you are terrible, you're a worthless player, and nobody would ever want you on their team, (laughs) right? That was the version that played in my head over and over. So I sat quietly through the rest of the meeting while I got to hear what everyone else was going to do to prepare for the scouts. I'm sure there were other girls too that she said the same thing to, but I imagined at the time that I was the only loser of the bunch, right? I was holding back tears, but I smiled and acted like it was obvious I didn't expect to go anywhere. I even said later when we were leaving, oh, I didn't want to play volleyball in college anyway. It's it's fine. I'm going to be a business major. I remember that so well. So then that same day, I went home to tell my mom the news. And this is what she said. Well, they're a bunch of idiots and wouldn't know a good athlete if they punched him in the nose. I can totally hear her saying it right now. And I know that my mom was trying to help, but all it really did was make me feel worse. If they were such terrible coaches and didn't know what they were doing or talking about, that meant I must be even worse than they had said. Was it all just a big joke that I was even on the team? Did everyone at school think I was terrible? Did people make fun of me behind my back and I didn't know? I mean, why didn't anyone even tell me sooner to quit wasting my time? Okay. I was embarrassed, ashamed, and overall totally devastated. So that night I went to a party and I drank seven, if I remember correctly, it was like seven bottles of Boone's Farm Strawberry Hill wine. (laughs) Gross. I had been so committed to the team and the sport, but if they thought I was so terrible, then I was going to prove to them that I was indeed terrible. I drank like a fish and decided I didn't even want to finish the season. What was the point? Yes, by the way, I was underage drinking. Not a great thing. But the truth is, everyone I knew was drinking alcohol by 10th grade. And as a parent now, this bothers me and I'm a little more strict on what my kids get to do. Anyway, after a couple of days of having a pity party and being a victim, I talked to my brother, the one who had made me try out several years before. I'm not even sure if he remembers it or not, but he told me that he too was underappreciated at the Laramie High School and the best thing I could do was prove them all wrong and get the hell out of there. He encouraged me to finish the season the best I could and move on and away. I could do better and they didn't have to hold me back from a great life. Volleyball wasn't the only way to get out of Laramie and I had a lot of great times ahead of me. Like what awesome advice that was, right? Here I was like 17 years old and my older brother, I think he was like 25 at the time. He seemed so ancient. (laughs) I thought he was this old man giving me advice. (laughs) He was 25. But, you know, what a great thing. And so I did just that. I lifted my head up and I moved on. I couldn't wait to get out of town, start a new life in a new place with people who could see my worth. (laughs) So dramatic, right? But that's when I found myself at Roanoke College in Virginia. I had zero intention of joining the volleyball team because, well, I was told that it was the end of my road. I literally thought my volleyball days were over. And this made me really sad because it had been such a big part of my life. And I truly believe 
the volleyball is what brought out my true personality, what really brought out who I was. So it made me really sad to think that that was over. And I wasn't even sure what would take its place. And actually, I'll tell you that that's when I actually that summer, I started teaching step aerobics and found my love for teaching fitness classes. But that's the story for another time. Anyway, I arrived on campus on a Thursday. By Saturday, I had found a group of people who also loved volleyball. So I, it was really convenient that there happened to be a sand volleyball court right outside my dorm room. I played every day for the first week that I was there. Then just with a group of people, it was a great way to meet people. I was having fun. And then I heard that the first volleyball game was a home game and I was really excited. So I went to the the gym or the auditorium to watch this first game, to watch the team of the school. I was actually dreading it because I was scared that I would be too jealous of the girls on the team, but I went anyway to cheer them on. I was so shocked when I walked into that stadium to see that there was only a spattering of fans in the stands. I felt really sorry for the team because in Virginia, people must not have understood how amazing volleyball actually is to not be there watching. After the game got started, I had a horrible pit in my stomach. It was so shocking to me to see that I was just as good as these players, if not better than some of them. What was my coach even talking about? I could have easily gone to play division three or maybe even division two. I felt sick to my stomach. I went back to my dorm and called my mom in tears. I felt like I'd given up on a dream that was actually something that could have become a reality. My mom said, well, it's never too late. Go talk to the coach. See if you can walk on. So after thinking about it, I decided to do just that. I was terrified. I I didn't know what this coach was going to say. I didn't know if they'd even talk to me. I didn't know what to expect. But I decided that I had done hard things before, and this was just one more thing. I had tried out for volleyball in middle school when I was terrified, and I made it. I had moved across the country to college and was doing just fine. I could do this too. I went to the gym where the team was practicing, and I waited outside the door. I was like a peeping Tom watching every drill and move they made. I wanted so badly to run to the gym and shag balls or get in line for the next drill. But I waited and waited until the last girl left, and I found the coach. I introduced myself and asked if there was any chance for me to try out or walk on or just help out anything to be a part of the team. The coach, his name was Dennis, said that it was too late and the NCAA had strict rules, but I could help out at practice and be a part of the team if I wanted. I just couldn't go on trips or practice fully. It was kind of like being an unofficial manager or just a volunteer. I was thrilled to be a part of it any way that I could. Then the next year, I walked on and we had an amazing year. I ended up staying on the team. I became captain and set a serving aces record back in 1997, who somebody I'm sure has beat it multiple times, (laughs) but I was still proud of it. I was so proud of myself for not giving up. Had I not listened to my mom, or if I had listened to my fear, I would have never gone to see the coach and I wouldn't have made the team. I'm not sure I would have even stayed at Roanoke College, and if I hadn't stayed there, I wouldn't have met my husband, and I probably wouldn't be where I am today. A couple of years ago, my friend Jen Nearly sent me a a text asking me if I was available to coach volleyball at a local middle school. 
my first instinct was, uh, what? What the hell do I know about coaching volleyball? No way. But then that whole day and that whole night, I had that same little familiar feeling of fear mixed with excitement, and I knew that I had to do it. So my friend Jen and I met in at Roanoke College. She played field hockey, and we met through that, and we were both in sororities, and we ended up living in the same apartment building um, our last year, I guess right after we graduated. And she also moved to the same town in North Carolina that I live in. So we've bumped into each other here and there. And it's been it's been really fun. But she remembered that I was a volleyball player. And so she called when they needed a coach. And I'm so grateful that she did because it brought the sport back into my life. So if you listened at all to the episode about growth mindset, you'll know that when you have a growth mindset, you know you can do whatever you desire. You know that you can learn any skill and get better at anything. I used this mindset and this new opportunity to be a volleyball coach. I was so nervous. I couldn't even remember the rules and I hadn't touched a volleyball in about 20 years. Was I going to make a total fool of myself? Probably. But I decided I really wanted the sport back in my life and it was very exciting to have a new perspective. When I started the first season of coaching, I had to run tryouts. I can't remember exactly, but I think we had about 40 girls come out. I had to pick 15 or less, and that was incredibly hard. One of the hardest things I've had to do. I only had a couple of days to observe the girls, score their skills, watch their attitude and coachability, and make a decision. I didn't want to hurt any feelings or crush any dreams, but I just had to do what I had to do, hoping I would make the best decision possible. And that is when I remembered that dreadful day when my high school coach told me I was not good enough to play in college. I suddenly realized that the coach was not trying to ruin my life or make me feel bad. She simply had to make a decision on who she had time to help get into college for the sport or to get a scholarship. Yes, I think she could have told me in a more gentle way or privately, but I get it. I can see that it was probably not that easy for her and it probably... It was a bigger impact on her than I even knew at the time. I too had to deliver the news to girls who did not make the team, even though I could see them trying so hard. It was not easy, and it's something I will continue to dread each season. I don't want to be the one that discourages someone from playing a sport or doing something they love, but this is the hard truth of sports. Some make it, and some don't. So I wanted to talk about this today because I'm in the thick of the season with my girls. Okay, at the middle school. Although I think there are many lessons in my story, here are the keynotes that I want you to take from this, okay, in whatever aspect of your life, okay? It doesn't have to be with sports. It can be in anything. So the very first, I think, lesson is you can do hard things. Getting out of your comfort zone is one of the best ways to really appreciate what you're made of and what life is all about. Go do hard things. Ask for the raise. Ask the guy out, sign up for a race, try out for the team. Every time in my life that I have done something hard and uncomfortable, I have come out the other side a better, happier version of myself. Secondly, don't give up on what you want. If something's important to you, don't let it go. There's always going to be someone trying to stop you from living your best life, whether they mean to or not. You are in control of what you do. Don't let others block your vision for what you want. And don't talk yourself out of going for what you desire. Go do it. 
Three, forgive those who hurt you in the past and learn from the lesson. I like to give people the benefit of the doubt. We all make poor decisions and we all make mistakes and also say stupid things sometimes. We are all human and just trying to do the best we can with the given circumstance. I had to forgive that coach. She was just doing what she thought was right at the time. Holding a grudge will not change a thing. And then four, remember what is most important. Okay, so what if my coach didn't think I could play volleyball in college? It's not like I was going to go to the Olympics or planning to be a professional, but it was important to me because it gave me so much joy. And that sport taught me so many lessons. I learned respect. I learned to take criticism and feedback. I learned hustle and drive. And I learned how to be a part of a team. So even though I didn't expect to take volleyball past college, I still wanted to have it in my life. And now here I am with volleyball back in my life 20 plus years later. And that is what's important. So it's homework time for you. Looking back over your own life, where have you overcome obstacles? When in your life did you step out of your comfort zone? And did it make you better? Did it make you proud of yourself? How did it change your life? Okay, think about that. And if you listened to the deep health episode from last week, you'll know that I'm a big believer that all areas of your life impact your health. What is important to you may not seem like a big deal on the outside, but if it makes you happier and makes you feel good, you'll be a healthier person, both physically and mentally. And that means a lot. So thanks for being here today. That was just a quick one and just a few lessons. So next week, though, I'm going to tell you all about my good news that I got from my doctor about my Hashimoto's autoimmune. I'm so excited and I can't tell you all about it and how I got to where I am today. Until then, I hope that you guys have a great week and I'll catch you next week. Bye. Thank you for tuning into the Balanced Fit and Free podcast. I'm over here giving you a virtual high five. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss a single episode. And if you are looking for a crew of amazing women who are also seeking a balanced fit and free lifestyle, be sure to join my exclusive community on Facebook. The link is waiting for you in the show notes. Until next time, keep your thoughts positive and your coffee hot.